0: Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy, and today we've got another amazing guest on our show. He's actually a returning guest. He is a serial entrepreneur, a stroke survivor, and just an all-around great, great person who is helping a lot of people out with their stroke issues. Welcome to the show, Sean and Tin. How are you doing today? Thank you,
1: doctor. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here because I get to talk about the brain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, help, you know, help people to just regain, you know, function of the brain and connected to their body. And that's what excites me.
0: Exactly. Now, you've kind of been in both worlds. Um, similar to myself um, in some aspects is that uh, we both look at performance. You were rolling on the mat with UFC stars. Uh, you, you, were, you had a company with Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, <laughs> I did. All these other amazing things, uh, performance-wise, you were on top mm-hmm. of the world in, in a lot yeah. of aspects. And then you've also seen it from the aspect of when things go extremely wrong in the brain and physiology with, with your stroke there. So how do these two worlds kind of compare? And what we're going to discuss later is kind of the future of both. Good,
1: good question, David. Um, You know, I, you know, I'll say this, you know, before my stroke, I didn't have a purpose. I didn't understand who I really was. And I think of always being a, a high end achiever and trying to always reach for the next best thing and never having enough. I think this was my path that led me that that I actually self-inflicted my stroke on. I actually caused my stroke to happen on myself, even though I, I didn't do it myself. I had to have a change my life. Wow. I really had to sit on the other seat and go. Wait a second here. How do I understand compassion and kindness, and really treat myself and people with, with respect with disability? Because I didn't know what disability was. I didn't know what a stroke was, doctor. I, you know, here I am on top of the world having everything and wanting more and never being never accepting of what I have is enough. And then bam, I get hit. And I just, I just didn't get hit. I I got crushed where, you know, that at the age of 39, I had the brain of a three year old child. Wow. Yeah. And you know, my whole game, my whole look on life now is how do we gamify the comeback? How do we make the stroke survivor have fun on their journey back? Because right. yeah, you know, people who have lived through a stroke and are stable enough are now looking for answers. And, you know, I've been given the, the name, the stroke hacker, because I help people hack their stroke and to find their comeback the way they want to do it. And I'm really right. able to cross the line between the, my chiropractors, who I'm a huge advocate, advocate for. I think chiropractic work for brain injury and stroke is number one priority, as much as the neurologist but a lot of people oh. don't see it like that. I do because a neurologist is great on the MD side, but a neurologist is not gonna put, put his or her hands on me and adjust my spinal cord and put me into alignment. You know, they're not gonna touch my head. They're gonna give me a prescription and give me, give me a prescription to go get therapy. And that's what's needed. A neurologist is great to give to give a prescription, hey, go get OT, go get PT, go get speech, but that's fine. But when those run out, what do you then do? Right. And that's the big question that everyone asks. once you plateau, because insurance will run out eventually. And when someone says you, when the insurance company says you, we're going to give you 40 hours to learn how to walk again after having a major assault on the brain, (laughs) you kind of scratch your head as you being a chiropractor going, that's not possible. No. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. So my functional. Neurologists are really you guys who really understand how to apply the body and the brain as one.
0: That's exactly it. People ask me what is functional neurology? What is chiropractic neurology? And you just, you just nailed it. Uh, it is filling that gap that brain patients have been making a lot of noise about for decades. And that is my doctor, my neurologist knows neurology doesn't know therapies and who's ever doing the therapies knows the therapies but doesn't know the neurology so functional neurology really developed to fill that hole that gap and really the the beauty of chiropractic is we've always looked at the observable things with the nervous system and then when people came around and said well why don't we learn the neurology on top of it and make it more effective? Is really where people are seeing the results and the gains. Uh kind of walk us through what your perspective is on, on all this and if I'm kind sure. of left yeah. field or right on it.
1: Yeah, you're right on. It's it's you know, people will go to school and study books and immerse themselves in science. But have they, you know, have these MDs ever taken their time and really talked to a stroke survivor like, like myself? You know, I'm considered now an elder because I'm 12 years out and I'm still seeing gains in my on my weak side all the time. Right. So I don't ever expect to plateau and I believe in neuroplasticity. You know, just because part of my brain is dormant doesn't mean it's dead. Doesn't mean my brain is dead. I mean, and I, and and the MDs were great, they saved my life with acute care definitely go to the hospital don't don't go to your chiropractor if you're having a stroke do not go see dr david call 911
0: Go (laughs) go to the hospital exactly
1: but see here's the challenge once the mds release you the system failed me because i'm in i'm in the icu after having multiple surgeries you know and then i get transferred to an inpatient post acute care which i was there for another eight weeks so i have therapists from one hospital In the ICU, and now I get transferred to another hospital, which is two hours away, and I'm inpatient there. Do you think any of those teams are talking? No, that speech therapist who was in the ICU is not the same speech therapist who is is with me now, in my, in you know, in my uh, what I call my boot camp in you know inpatient rehabilitation for many months. And then once I get discharged from the post-acute care and I go back to home health. There's all different therapists. So I'm now being evaluated by three or four different therapists every single time, from a psychologist to an occupational therapist, physical therapist, to a speech therapist. That whole, that whole program, as, as a new strokes fiber, yet better get the caregiver or the loved one, or what I call the, the 24-hour care partner. And what I mean by that is let's just say, for example, um, you, your, your spouse, your loved one, your brother, your sister has a stroke, You don't know what you're doing, but your job is to to take care of that stroke survivor, but you're going to get, you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel anxiety as being this caregiver. You didn't sign up for this. There's people who go to caregiving school, but to become a 24 hour, what I call a care partner within minutes, within seconds, like my ex-wife had to do, or my parents had to do, no one knows what to do for these people. So I've come in and created a playbook, a master class really to help people, to educate them so they can understand Hey, here are the systems from day one, all the way through 10 years out. I've created a program that's really a playbook to help people really to find simple solutions on, 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 on their everyday life. And a big part of that, i tell people in my course, Hey, find your, find a chiropractor who specializes in, 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 in post, in post, in post stroke recovery, or okay. even traumatic brain injury, because, and as you know, you being a chiropractor, not every chiropractor has the same tool belt. Everyone, every chiropractor may do different things with the body. You happen to be, you love the brain and the science behind the brain. So you probably understand how the spinal cord and the vagus nerve and the hippocampus works with the amygdala to get things online. You know, I talked, if I talked to an MD about all this, they'll, they're looking at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but I love them for what they've done. They've saved my life, but really- the people who are responsible for me walking in and understanding my gait are the are the chiropractors working with the PTs and the OTs. Really, that's my team of people even now. You right. know, I just, you know, one of my favorite people in the world is the founder of Therabody, Dr. Jason Worsland. He still adjusts me, even though he's right, retired right. from his own practice. When he's in town, he's like, Shawnee, c- come on down. I'll adjust you. It, so I know I'm still getting, I mean, I don't have to go every week. I go when my body tells me I need to go. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
0: Now, No, Sean, uh, uh, you mentioned something interesting. Kind of those strange conversations you've had with uh, with your doctors or, or people that were were assigned to you. Uh, is there a memory that that pops up of like it was the the most bizarre or, or uh, talk that that just didn't seem to go anywhere it was just frustrating with you did you
1: yeah sure i was i got transferred from uh, santa barbara where i was at originally in the icu in santa barbara back down to san diego which is probably about three hours in california of a drive when i got transferred down to san, to san diego where i was living at the time back in 2011 i um, the first neuropsychiatrist who came to me said to me oh your brain is dead and don't expect to walk or talk for a while and my speech was slowly coming back. And she's like, You gotta just you gotta just sit and rest. And I looked at her, I said, First of all, don't tell me my brain is dead. And second thing is you're fired. You're I really fired right my to. first neuropsychiatrist because I was like, Don't tell me I can't, tell me what I can do. Hence, how I created my mantra of I can, I shall, I will. And that leads that and that leads to my next point in this conversation, David. Really is you have to have a mindset and a belief. If you do not believe Most people walk into the neurologist and they believe whatever that neurologist is going to tell them is a fact, right? If they do not believe in that person who's treating them, the system will fail them. And that's with anything they walk into your office as a chiropractor, they, they have to believe in you and what you're going to do. So I've got to take these people, their mindset immediately and get them to believe in me and my processes and my playbook. And part of my playbook is them finding a chiropractor in their area, whether they're in LA or Canada or middle of the United States or, or England. I tell people all over the world, we need, I need, I need a chiropractor to get their hands on you and to do an evaluation. Then give me the data back to me because I can work with that chiropractor to help that person fine tune of where they want to be. And that's part of the other thing is like, I ask people, what's your, why, what, why do you want to walk again? What's your inspiration? My, my why was I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to walk because of my daughters back then. They were four years old in 18 months. Now they're 16 and they're 13. Wow. I had to, I, I had to convince myself really to push through it so I could learn to walk. And that was, and that's why I tell people, well, what's your why and what and how big is your belief? Because a stroke of brain injury is a moment in time. As hard as it sounds, I say to everyone, this too shall pass. It's just the ups and the downs of going through a disability is challenging because the world isn't really caught up with us. And back to you, I think the people who really understand us the best are the chiropractors because you guys pull out tricks and trades and hacks that most people aren't willing to do because you guys are on the cutting edge of being, and I won't say risky, but you guys know how to push the envelope because you don't have the confines of a certain parameters of what you need to do. That's why I love chiropractic work.
0: Absolutely. And kind of on that point, um, I I think it's, it's that we're able to actually provide individualized care. whereas Bingo. in Bingo. a lot of systems, it is mandated top down what you are allowed to do and everything else. And uh, we we toss around that word individualized care and and everything. And it's becoming a buzz phrase. But mm-hmm. the true individualized care is actually the only thing that matters is the person in front of you research is a trillion dollar guidebook that's it and it's about thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people that get tested on versus the one person in front of you with hundreds of millions of different variations so it really comes down to looking at what is in front of you versus flipping through the cookbook.
1: Mm. Interesting. So so doctor, tell me why, why, what is your passion? Why you love the brain so much? (laughs) And you could, I mean, you could apply your chiropractic work to anywhere in the
0: body. Why the brain? My journey was that, uh, I had horrible speech problems growing up, and uh, that translated then into uh, difficulties with uh, reading and writing, and I always struggled with that. So here I was, kind of that geeky person, kid who who liked to read factual stuff or listen to it, and really couldn't communicate well, and Mm. was always frustrated that way. And then later on, it was my sports injuries. It was that uh, those concussions that I, that I did suffer through. And, Which sport? Uh, well, my first concussion was as a kid and with a, with a bike accident, mm. kind of like most most people out there. And then, uh, yeah, it was from rugby and from martial arts as well. And uh, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> yep. Cool. And, uh, there you go. Yeah, I've just always been fascinated by it, and uh, too, my previous career was in education and teaching. And uh, oh, really? I I taught the behavioral students. You did? Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah,
1: that's rewarding. That's that's such. I think I think that's God's
0: work. That's amazing. So I saw every single kind of neurodevelopmental disorder before going into the clinical space, and Mm. uh, at first I was like yeah, I'm going to do it for sports and that performance aspect of it. Cause that's what I thought chiropractic was, is get people to feel better and, and then perform better. And I didn't realize just how big, um, the potential was until I was down studying this and came across functional neurology. And, uh, and it just opened up so many kind of thoughts and, and patterns that I've just become addicted to learning more and more about the, the brain, the nervous system, and uh, how to get people better that that are, are suffering needlessly, that really have been told that they can't get any more function back. And I find that that's just a lie. And uh, I love the work you're doing with this to to educate people who are going through the same things you're going through and help them through these struggles that that I see people breaking down with.
1: Oh, it's it's the suicide rate amongst us is so high amongst not just the survivor, but for the caregivers, too, and their family members.
0: Yeah. Are you ready to take your brain health to a brand new higher level than ever before? Then please check out thehardybrain.ca and inquire about our virtual brain health intensive programs. Oh, it's it's
1: the suicide rate amongst us is so high, amongst not just the survivor, but for the caregivers too and their family members. Because yeah. it it's you know it takes you out of you know, it, it's a long journey back, and it doesn't have to be. I've kind of I'm able to show people how to kind of speed it up and to save money because once you have this kind, because really science is not caught up or technology has not caught up to this space of where we're sitting, where we're sitting right now with spinal cord injury and br- uh, brain injury and you know or stroke. I think within ten years, it's going to be fixed with, with AI and, and stem cells and everything else which they're working on right now. But right now we're caught in this little bit of a time gap where there's a few of us who live through this part, this point. And all we got to do now is just keep maintaining our body and keep developing our mindset and and our belief. Right. Because if you believe you can get better, if you believe you can, if you, if you can see it and you can achieve it, I mean, if you see it and you believe it, you're going to achieve it. And that's the same thing I keep telling people. It's okay to get knocked down, but if you look up, you can get up. Most people don't want to get up. And if they do get up, they're like, hey, you know, I want an SSRI. I want some pain medication. That's just, that's just going to numb, numb the brain. It's not getting to the root of the cause. You know, a right. lot of what you talked about, your, your speech impediment, as a kid, I can relate. I understand completely. The big thing I deal with amongst stroke is something called aphasia. And that's because, yes. you know, the brain and the voice are not, are not connecting, the cognitive side. You know, I work with a lot of people and a lot of times it's just the breath aligning their. there. I want a lot of people who have aphasia, they get caught slouching down and they can't really talk and their, and their words get stuck. But if you breathe it in and you really have that deeper voice, you have a sense of confidence, a sense of certainty that aphasia could really start to, you know, slowly disappear over time. And I can get their, I can get the brain activated. And that's because, you know, I'm t- I want to tap on the hippocampus, which is the, which is the memory part of it, the, you know, amygdala. And I wanted to kind of come through like the side door of the brain, which most people don't really talk about right. because everyone can visualize, you know, you know, Joe Disbenzo or whoever we're talking about. If you break your wrist and you you know, let's say I broke this wrist and, and I'm cast I can look at my wrist and go, wait a second. Can I heal my wrist just through my brain? A lot of times some people can, if they can see it. But if people can't see what's going on in their brain, so my whole point and what I want to share with you is, is eventually I'll come out with a book that really dumbs down parts of the brain at a sixth grade level. So you're having memory issues. What if I told you you could look in, a, look at your hippocampus and reactivate it, reactivate it just through your eyesight because you know it's in there. You know the hippocampus is lying in there, but I'm having memory issues. What if I'm able to start making it – get the same way I'm able to look at my wrist and go, wait a second. My wrist is broken, but if I put enough thought in my wrist, I can slowly heal. Similar to what you guys do is, you know, the mind, body, spirit thing. But I think the brain. People just say, "Oh, the brain's the brain's inside the skull, and that's it." No, the brain's right. got so many different parts to it. That it's a it, it's a neuroconnectivity, and you and, and you know, when someone's on, on your table, you're adjusting their you're adjusting their nervous system, which is run by the brain. And anyone who's had a stroke or spinal cord injury, our nervous systems are really messed up. You know, they Absolutely. they are they're almost broken. Yep. And you guys can come in there slightly with 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 you know with certain touch and 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 I call you guys artists. Just cal- recalibrate the spinal cord. So that's all you're doing. And people are like you get adjusted now. Aren't you afraid of your chiropractor? I'm like, no. Are you afraid of your like? Psych- are you afraid of, you, of your psychiatrist? I'm more afraid of, <laughs> of your psychiatrist. Than, than I am of my uh, uh, that I am of my chiropractor because my chiropractor is not gonna is knowing how to he's learning my how my body works by right. you holding us and feeling us and feeling us
0: yeah I'm gonna you know? break it down to into a very basic way that all these alternative and I hate that word alternative modalities have worked is they all fire a receptor that goes through a nerve and ends up someplace in the brain. So whether it's aromatherapy, whether it's acupuncture, whether it's exercises, Mm. whether it's eye movements, whether it's taste, whether it's that big crack and pop of the joints during an adjustment, all of that is exciting the nervous system and helping to develop better plasticity. And that's how they're working. And if we can get more precise, though, and look at fatigability, which is huge, and we'll dive into that here. And then, of course, being specific with where the damage is and what feeds into those areas. And then doing it at a frequency, intensity, duration Mm. that helps that part of the brain learn and regenerate is key. Now, we talked about both Performance and when things go wrong, such as a stroke. And I think the biggest thing that we can teach people in both these avenues is how to manage their fatigue. And with brain injuries, um, it's it's a crash when you exceed what your system can handle. It doesn't work too well. Can you kind of walk us through what that? feels like uh, absolutely
1: it's it's no different than you're working on your laptop for you know and all of a sudden it, it, you have to reboot it. you have to do a hard boot because nothing is really working you really have to shut down your laptop close it up turn it back on let let it reprocess so when you're having a stroke it's like getting it's getting hit in like your main cpu uh, which is your brain and when it comes back online it's you're having trouble your eyes aren't able to focus you know for me. Half my left side of my body was turned off, so here wow. I am in great shape at the age of thirty nine and if you cut me in half, literally with an axe or a machete, I have nothing on my left side you know i'm I'm literally trying to my brain is trying to refigure out and refire because my brain injury was on the right side, and with the stroke it it you know it's opposite sides of the body, so right. mine was more on the you know emotional side or they said the artist' side where Left side of the brain is going to affect their speech, the motor skills, and some and, and some other stuff. But it's really the left side; it really hits the facial heart. I was on the right side, so my speech came back fairly fast. But in the beginning, my speech was horrible. I still I still stutter. I still get caught up on words here and there. But you know what? I tell everybody, who fucking cares? Right. Just exactly. be you. Just <laughs> be you. Love yourself. Love the fact that you live through this moment in time. That you're alive, that's the big thing. You know, these doctors saved your life. Now, how do we figure out how to take your life and make it into a purpose? And what can you do? Most people who go through a trauma want to give back. They want to sponsor people. They want to educate people. So, my 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 plan is really not only to teach these new stroke survivors how to hack their own stroke and and their caregivers, but eventually, I want to teach I want I want to teach caregivers how to be coaches for other caregivers who've had strokes. Absolutely. So I want to set up I want to set up a system where I teach them what they need to know and let them go, go out there and coach other people. Because that's so how h- I build h- my
0: How can yeah. one of these caregivers know when uh, somebody who's had a stroke is starting to tire out and their brain function is starting to kind of need that rest or reboot as well? Now, what are subtle you, mean signs? The,
1: you, mean, you mean from the stroke survivor or or the care because they're both they 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 both go into exactly. you know they both kind of red line and blood engine the caregiver okay. at times has it worse off than and then the stroke survivor because the stroke survivor in the beginning is probably on medications they're trying to keep things calm and in the beginning that 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 that, that care partner is spinning out of control they're like how am i gonna you know if if your right. loved one was the breadwinner right. of the family or it's your son, your daughter, or your father, what do you do? So I really work with both of them. But with the stroke, what I learned early on is, you know, you can't press it too hard. It's not like you, you, you can't like when I used to train MMA or, or train whatever I was doing, I could push myself and push myself and push myself and go Joe Rogan style. That right. doesn't work for a stroke. You have to push yourself, but then you also have to rest. So as yeah. much as you put in your body, like you need you need to take meditate, you need a nap, you need to do breath work. You've got to find time to get sleep is so important. And what I did in, in the beginning is I overworked myself. Thinking uh, that if I worked my body out, my brain would be get better. no, I I fatigued so hard that I went out of control and I be, I made a mess out of it because I didn't know. My whole thing was, hey, if I want to run longer and faster, I just kept, if I want to lift harder, lift more, or do more pull-ups, or do more push-ups, that means I got to outperform the day before, so eventually I can hit that peak. But in today's day, I mean, I'm not interested in running a seven-minute mile. I'm interested in just walking a mile, where most people want to push the envelope, push the envelope, stronger, faster, smarter, better. It's fine, but however, our body, we do age. And re- recovery is so important. And if you work your body out, recover- you need deep tissue massage, you need thorough body, you need you. You got to take care of what – because every time you work out, you're breaking down the muscle. You're tearing the muscle. You're, you're It's recreating and rebirthing. But now all of a sudden, half your body is gone and it's not connecting. You're going to short-circuit again. A lot of people yes. fall to take a bad fall, and they end up back in the hospital, and they have to start over again. Or they get so frustrated – and they're like, just give me the pain meds to to numb myself out. And then a lot of times the disability
0: is harder from the neck above than even the neck below. I could see that. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're talking tissues here. So muscle, yeah, it's got that mentality, no pain, no gain. Like do, do the extra rep. But when you're doing neuro rehab, even 10 years out after an accident, yeah. it is you want to go as close to that threshold without overstimulating the, the brain and nervous system, because if you go over it, then you damage it. And I think that's such an important thing to, to stress to people. Even if you're a peak performer is you need to introduce that recovery into your routine. Otherwise you do exceed what the system can handle and it's worse off, not better off. Thousand per- a lot of times,
1: you know, when I meet people, they want to get back to work, they want to get back to uh, driving again, and I say, "Wait a second, no, slow down." You know, I right. I, I work with a, a client of mine who was in the military in the Air Force as as a master sergeant for like thirteen years, deployed four times. He was in charge of putting bombs on these planes. Him and his him and his team. He was in charge of fifty people. Hmm. Had a massive stroke um, at thirty. I believe they, you know, they honorably discharged him, and now he's got massive aphasia. When when I first met him, I first met Bo, but Bo, Bo was still running, you know, still running, you know, his three miles under 20 minutes at a six mile a six minute pace really?
0: and working
1: his landscaping business. But he but at the same time his aphasia is is it was not it w- was really at the height. And I said, Bo, you're either gonna work on your body or you're gonna work on your wallet. And your wallet will your wallet will catch up with your body, but your body will not catch up with your wallet. So I so I got him to sell his business. I got him into yoga, and I said you have to find time for you every day. You got to nap and just meditate because I need you right now working on the cognitive exercises, simple math like you know multiplication, addition, subtraction, division. He wasn't getting it, right? And still has pro- some problems doing it now. And I say to him. Are you resting? Are you resting in between your sessions of your own cognitive therapy? And I know if he's not because he'll get brain tired. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, what you were saying earlier is exciting, too. So we've got this aspect of training the brain, and more importantly, recovering. But you're even more optimistic about kind of future therapies and strategies. to to really get people functioning. And what are some of the things that you're (sighs) seeing or excited for?
1: AI is going to help a lot, is going to help out because as much as what people think with AI is being having no soul and being dark, there's a lot of good soul. There's a lot of good uh, clinicians like yourself who are gathering all their input, putting it into AI. And I think what AI is going to help us do is, 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 okay, so the right side of my brain is supposedly according to Western medicine, dead. It's not dead. I just think it's sleeping and it's not connecting. It's not allowing me to connect from here to my left side. There's going to be some kind of technology. Like right now, you and I have a mutual friend who's going down to Florida. There's a new stem cell called V cells. I don't know if you heard about these. They're very small embryonic cells that are now being um, um, introduced into the, into the body. And through a, um, a laser guided like a drone, and guides these new stem cells of where they need to go so wow. if you have a spinal cord injury or if you have a brain injury these very small cells can actually go to where they are at because in the past a lot of the times the stem cells get stuck in like the lungs or they or they form different tumors on the body which is which are not needed right that's why i've stayed away from stem cells because i don't want to i don't need a lesion for me on my spinal cord and based on on and even though people say that doesn't happen I know the pros and the cons for everything because I'm around to justify and I speak for those who can't speak for themselves and I stand for those who can't stand for themselves because I want to validate all of it. If I validate, if I believe in something, I'm going to tell the world about it. Absolutely. Similar to why I believe in ASEA and the other supplements that's, that you and I are both on because I'll tell you within moments, within minutes, if this is going to work or if this is snake oil, yep. you know, again, because of what it is. So, yes, I believe, I believe probably in the next 10 to 15 years, I think disability for stroke will be gone or alleviate. I mean, it will definitely have decreased because right now it's one out of every four people in the United States are having a stroke. Wow. I and mean, that's, like that's like one out of every like minute and some odd seconds. And that's a lot of people. And that's just in the U.S. That alone. Is. Worldwide, it's even higher. And Incredible. Yeah, so I think it's gonna. I think strokes will still happen, but but look at you know look at as you've seen look at hip surgery or hip replacement surgery. Now it's an outpatient procedure. Thirty years ago, they didn't have this. You know the the stuff which they did on. If, if I would have had my stroke ten years before, uh, ten years before I would have had it, I would have been dead, because they they applied new science and new technology on me. They took the skull off my head, stored in my abdomen and put it back on. I mean, I <laughs> know they've been doing this for a while, but they had to run a, they had to run a catheter up here and put a shunt in my, in my throat. First of all, through a, through like, uh, you know, just the technology and then what, what they did to me, I tell people about it and it, it's crazy. I mean, it's like, you, you're doing what, you can take the skull off my head. I mean, at 39, you I, I would have thought you were crazy. I didn't even know what a stroke was. Right. The fact is, I ended up in the right person's hands. They saved my life, and now my mission is to help other people find their path back to being functionally independent. And a mutual, insp- and I want both the care partner and the stroke survivor to have a mutual inspiration between the both of them. So I want them both to inspire each other, so they can both find their own purpose together. Because a stroke, a stroke survivor is going to probably touch five to seven more people in that family. Yes, because it just it takes a village to make the comeback. Because all of a sudden you're mobile, you know. When I when, uh, when this happened to me, I had one daughter on my shoulders, one daughter on my chest. We're off to Sea World. We're off to the zoo. Now all of a sudden, I I have no left side. I can't walk. I can't talk. I was completely shut down, and I didn't understand my life. My emotions wow. were fluttering. You know, my. My adrenaline, the cortisol was jumping out of my, you know, was, was at all-time high. My adrenaline, I couldn't get my, I couldn't get my adrenaline to slow down because I was in fight or flight the whole time. And my parasympathetic, my, how do you say it? Para... Oh,
0: parasympathetics?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, bl- I'm brought up that, that, yeah, that part of my system was just, w- was on full tilt. Yeah. And as we know, how do we, how do we heal that? We heal that by, by going to you, by you helping us to relax our nervous system. Because when you, I believe that when someone's having anxiety or being overwhelmed, touch your heart, love yourself. And that's what a chiropractor yes. does. They hold you in their, in their hands and they reassure the alignment with you. I think it's a heart, I think it's heart brain coherence, but I think, I think what you guys do is not just adjust the human avatar, but you guys also adjust our soul and put our soul back into our body.
0: Wow, that's amazing to hear it said that it's, way. And It's just how I feel. Wow, it really is. So, I mean, I'm grateful for
1: what you guys do. And you know, I wish my goal someday is to get the chiropractic world and the MD world working under one roof. Yes, I mean, I, I think a neurologist should have a chiropractor in his office or vice versa. Or there should be a clinic of there should be a, a place where there's a chiropractor, there's a neurologist, there, there's maybe an internist, there's a physical therapist, maybe a speech therapist or a cognitive therapist. all within. So instead of someone going across town to visit three different doctors and let those, doc, let, let those therapists and doctors in that one office all communicate together. Because once, that patient, once your patient leaves you and they go to, to that neurologist, they're hearing too much. They're hearing from you a certain thing and they're hearing from, from, their, from their neurologist another opinion and they're confused. And when confused people, when people get confused, it creates anxiety, It creates a sense of being overwhelmed. So my whole program is to really help that caregiver immediately, show them a playbook on how they're gonna get their loved one back to being functioning independent. Because that caregiver I know did did not sign up for this. So my whole thing is how how do we gamify it? How do we bring the fun into people's life on the road to recovery? I know it sounds crazy. Like who wants to have fun with a stroke? I do. Cause if you smile during your, your recovery, you're going to heal faster yes. than being upset, being pissed off, being angry. And I get all of it. You have to experience the dark night of the soul to find the light. And I understand that very well. And that's why I say to people, find a chiropractor for a preventative, for long-term active r- recovery your chiropractor should be not should not only be your chiropractor should almost, almost be your best friend, right? And run thing because you guys are cutting edge of everything. And you guys don't have fear. You guys are not fear based. You guys are active base. Absolutely. It's almost like you guys activate helping people.
0: I love it. And now for the caregivers and the, the people who are looking for that playbook, and to be guided through stroke and stroke recovery, how do they find you there, Sean?
1: Strokehacker.com, just like it sounds, strokehacker.com or seanan.com, you know, we'll, I, I'm sure you'll put a link in here. Um, I do one-on-one sessions. I do, I do group sessions. I have a master class, which will take you from day one all the way through 10 years out. It's based on for the caregiver and the stroke survivor to do it together it okay. shows them the playbook step-by-step step on how to go from inpatient to outpatient and then, and then to come back home. Cause once you're in, in the hospital, like I was for six months, you come back home, you're like, I don't understand. How am I going to do all this? Just because you have home health, just because you have home, home, you know, home health therapy doesn't mean they're going to teach you everything. How, you know, right. I became, I became one handed. So how do I make a cup of coffee? How do I use my blender? How do I, Get in the shower. I show them in this program every, even how to get dressed. I show them, and I'm vulnerable because people want to know how to do things. That you know, think about this. You, we can laugh at this, right? I'm one handed now. I'm sitting on the toilet, and the, and I, I take I go to take the toilet paper. For anybody else, it takes two hands. I took the toilet paper, spooled it across the bathroom floor so many times. <laughs>
0: right.
1: People don't think about that because when well, am I going to use my teeth to tear the? the I mean. I I, cr- I found gadgets on I created gadgets myself where they're really used for one-handed pe- for one-handed people. But even as we get older, it's harder for people to t- open a can or open a canister. I've created things in my house that I show in my playbook. Really, you know, the Shirt hacker master a class on how to do all of this. So when you come back home, it's already done for you. Wow! You know, because you walk around what in your bathroom terrible. and you take a fall. You break your hip, you break your knee, it, it offsets your whole comeback by not only by a month, it could take six months or even years back on your recovery.
0: Yes. Wow, what a service you're providing. And Thank you. if you know anyone in this realm that needs the help or that is caught up being a caregiver, send them to thestrokehacker.com. And for everyone listening in. Stay tuned to the next episode of The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. Take care.